0: This podcast is dedicated to the memory of David Faraday, Betty Lou Jensen, Darlene Farron, Cecilia Shepard, and Paul Stein, and to Michael Mejot and Brian Hartnell. This is Zodiac speaking, a classic 10.7 podcast. I'm your host, Chris Garcia. David Fincher's Zodiac is easily the finest film of the 21st century. Looking at his oeuvre, with a little bit of time, even though he's still releasing movies, his peak was certainly between the years of 1999 and 2010. I know that scratches the social network and a few others, but stick with me, trust me. Zodiac is a story that should not be filmable, period. It is completely open-ended. There is no question that anything presented about the Zodiac as fact isn't fact. It is, at best, widely held opinion. But what Fincher does is present fact in much the same way that Oliver Stone deals with fact in JFK. He presents it as a thing that could, may, and should have happened. As a piece of cinema, it's incredible. The shooting is some of the best ever done in history to establish mood without being super stylistic. It is fairly stylistic still, but what it does instead of doing something like, say, an expressionistic view from The Cabinet of Dr. Calgary, or where lighting is very much focused away from particular parts of action, here it is a recreation of a time and space with this sort of mood lighting done. The editing helps that as well, because I think they desaturated some of the scenes. Of course, as a document of Zodiac, we can't rely on it as history. It hews very close to Graysmith's book. So in many ways you're look of it as a sort of historical document will depend on your view of Graysmith. I, of course, have a better view of Graysmith than a lot of folk. But I think there's a good reason that if you were going to film something, it had to be Graysmith. That had to be the basis for it because of the richness of his thought process. Even if you don't agree with his outcome of his thinking, you cannot deny that there is a path, and it's a path through the wilderness, And that's where everything comes together or falls apart. We are presented this story of Arthur Lee Allen. through the lens of what Gray Smith, and to a degree Toski and others, went through to get to the point where they knew it was Alan. That's a difficult path for a lot of people to walk. Though in the film, it cuts away some of the paths that were not obvious. But what's interesting is how Alan was played. And if you look at it, his performance is very, very staid. That is a role that easily he could have tried to play it as. I'm much smarter than everybody, but he didn't. He played it like he was just a guy caught up in a thing. That's powerful. That's really smart acting. And this is a film of great performances from good actors and weaker performances from amazing actors. I think Chloe Savigny, or Sevigny, or however you say it, gave a decent performance though she is normally an amazing actress. I think that Mark Ruffalo was fantastic, even though I don't like a lot of his performances. I know I'm weird. Donald Logue, of course, a genius, and was very fun. He wasn't given much to do. Because it's Jake Gyllenhaal who gets to carry the film artistically. And brilliantly, by the way. He hits the notes. And in many ways... If you look at his performance in Dami Darko and here, there's a lot of crossover. You see him playing notes in in the script in both that are interesting choices because they deaden an activity as he is presenting it. And there's no scene where this is more obvious than when he and Mark Ruffalo are in the, the coffee shop, which I think is supposed to be Oli's but I can't be 100% sure. And it's just the way that Ruffalo gives his his information and then you see it processed. That's a very, very difficult thing to play. It's really such a strong, strong performance. Perhaps the most important scene in the entire film. And it's a film of amazing scenes. There's a scene between Graysmith and... Uh, And the woman played by, I think it's Clea. Oh, I can never remember her name. She was in one of my favorite movies. Uh, But the way she plays that role is really important because it wraps everything up kind of neat. But that's not the real scene I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of the murder at Lake Berryessa and the interactions there are exactly as they are described in the book. They are exactly as you hear all the discussion about them over the years happen. But I think what it does is it gives you the feeling of the reality of the entire scenario. Like even the Kathleen John scene, which has some amazing interactions that are, you know, the Tyone sky, how are you going to go wrong? But the Lake berry scenes and that back and forth, feels as if it is the definition of what Zodiac is supposed to be. Zodiac, the person, and Zodiac, the film. Because if you had filmed this as just the activities of the Zodiac killer, it wouldn't have worked. But when you make those punctuations, when it is, this is a series of things that happen, that are not necessarily mundane, but they're, processive and then you get a moment like that everything becomes much clearer everything becomes much more focused in essence it's a layering i truly really believe that zodiac is an important film for every researcher into the zodiac crimes to understand because it represents a passage for a number of a whole number of reasons but the big one is it is the passage of zodiac into cinema lore because if you looked at the movies and the books we talked about earlier all of them treat zodiac as a monster this isn't a monster film this is a film about i don't want to say a community but a a zeitgeist it is a capturing of what zodiac meant and means And I think that's why it's one of the most important pieces of popular culture of the past century. Because it is, in one way, a dehumanization of the events. And this is something that film has been doing more recently. It is this idea that even something that is a true series of events stands less for what happens to the people to what happens beyond the scene that you are seeing. But it does that by only giving you a very narrow view. So in essence, if you look at it formalistically, you're looking at it as just a series of events where everything that matters within it is contained within the frame, in essence. But in reality, when taken as a whole, it shows its connections outside of itself. That is an incredibly difficult line to toe, And I think David Fincher was exactly the right director to do it. This should be on the National Film Registry. It should be required viewing in every cinema class. It's an important record for us who study Zodiac because it says a lot more than just that Arthur Lee Allen was a Zodiac killer. It says what Zodiac meant to the Bay Area. That I think is a real key to understanding the crimes.